Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk. I'm MG. And I'm Elizabeth Pudwell. Welcome. The speaker series happens once a month. This will be part of our weekly Zoom meeting that happens every Friday night. If you would like to be a part of that meeting, you have to be female. And send us an email at SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. If you would like to tell your story, please reach out to SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. We want to have more stories out there in order to help other women. And here's our next speaker. Thanks for listening. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. So tonight is speaker meeting night and um, Julie is going to tell her story. And as I was saying before we started, I love speaker meetings because there's something in everybody's story for someone. There's like little pieces where um, everybody can get something out of that and um you know julie i don't even know when she came in but it's been a while it's um she's been here for um at least 10 years i think and uh i was around when she first came in watching her going to meetings and um you know hearing her share um and go through relationships, go through dating, go through stuff with her daughter, with her ex-husband, with her mother, and this is all part of her story, and um, I think you guys are in for a real treat, and I just am very grateful that she has um, agreed to share her story, and you do not have to fill the 40 minutes, you know, that's just your timeline, so whatever you give us is what's supposed to be given, so take it away. Hi, um, Elizabeth, thank you for asking me. Um, incidentally, when I was looking at the calendar today and I was like going through my story, I realized that my first meeting would have been 12 years ago tomorrow. So it's kind of like my 12 year first meeting. I don't, I have several first birthdays here in this program, like <laughs> many, many. I've gotten sober a lot of times. So, um, but Thank you for listening. And I'd like to, first of all, acknowledge Elizabeth in my life and um, without whom I would not be here. And um, Elizabeth, thank you for giving me the tools and the strength to know who I am and be the best version of myself, which is to be authentic and own it and to be the star of my own life and to feel deserving and generate the results in my life that I think and I know I deserve. And I just want to thank you for that and everybody else in this program. I'm getting all like, I just really appreciate that, Elizabeth. I mean, it's made a huge difference and I know I wouldn't be here without you. So there, let me start. Before, and she suggested I go in three phases. Before the program, um, I remember my first experience and with the relationships being in, like as an adolescent and um, I couldn't imagine like um, being in a committed relationship. I couldn't imagine having sex with the same person for the rest of my life. That just seemed preposterous. And um, I couldn't commit. And I, I know part of that was like that avoidant that couldn't be close to anyone or close enough to really find intimacy in a way that was healthy. And so um, 
and as a teen, I found a group where everyone, I was like in that group that everyone kind of wore black. I'm, I'm, I'm 50 years old, so this is the 80s, right? Um, so I wore black and I hung out with this group of kids who all like um, dated each other. So you didn't have to have a commitment. We all just were like in a group, you know, which was like comfortable for me, but also uncomfortable. My mom was going through a series of men that would live with us and move in and move out. And she was a very serious addict, love addict. My dad was an alcoholic and um, getting married without telling me. And he actually had a wedding and didn't even tell me. And um, my brother left to go to college and he was my best friend. So um, I, I went down a spiral of um, in high school where I just didn't feel like I mattered to anyone or myself or anything like that. It was, it was, it was horrible. And so with that, it, it set me up for a set, a series of really bad choices to feel a lot of pain over um, my twenties. So um, in college, I had relationships with people who um, were sex addicts for the most part. And I was the love addict in that relationship and um I didn't really care like I just and then or I, I would sleep with some guy for like over a year and he would never commit to me and I would know he'd go on dates with other people would never bring me out or I um, mean I accepted this I thought this I didn't feel good enough about myself to think that this wasn't okay and I just kept going on and um I finally dated someone who was a nice functional guy and he dumped me because I was so dysfunctional. And when I look back at the things that happened between he and I, I realized that he was just healthier than I was at that point. And I was out partying and bringing guys home to my apartment. And I thought, well, that's fine. Who cares about that? I'm still not sleeping with them. What's inappropriate about this, right? And so, um, you know, that was, that, and, and to get to this guy, I was actually dating another nice guy who was super good looking and I had dumped him to go out with another guy. So it's like, I would go through men, like it was crazy. No, my friends, my family did not want to meet anybody I was dating because they didn't really think I was going to commit to anyone. They didn't want to like anybody. Um, it, it was, it was a struggle. So I get through college seven years, I get a degree somehow I worked somehow I had this work ethic. Like I knew I had to work. Um, I grew up pretty, uh, affluent, I guess is a word. And, uh, but we lost all our money. I grew up in South Louisiana where everybody, you know, your identity was revolving around the guy you were with. So my goal in life was to find a guy so I could feel good about myself. Cause if he was better than me and he liked me, then I would be okay. So, um, I moved, to Mobile, Alabama, and I got into my first re recovery program, and um, I was with a bunch of people who were addicts for drugs and alcohol, and then uh, we had a speaker night like this, and this girl came in and told her story, and her story was about how her uncle molested her, her dad molested her, and her mom abandoned her, and at this point, up until this point of this program, I had zero feelings for what I was going through. After her, she spoke, I was hiding in the bathroom. I did not know why. I had no recollection of my childhood or what happened to me or anything like that. So, um, that I'm getting through, that's probably mid to late twenties. So, um, after that program, I met a, a guy 
and um, we got we dated, but he traveled a lot, so I didn't see him all the time. Pretty sure he was a sex addict and cheating on me, but that doesn't matter. It was my behavior. Uh, we dated for a couple of years, the longest I ever dated anybody. The longest I could date somebody was three months. I'd get three months in and I would dump them or they would dump me because at that point, there was some sort of thing that I would have to like emotionally give or receive that was I was incapable of doing. Uh, so I would just run uh, or self-destruct and make them want to run. Or I would find somebody who was going to leave. Like I would date a guy from another, another country who was on exchange. And, um, you know, it, it was easy. It was safe. Yeah. So um, that, and, and there was a lot of pain around all these choices because no one was ever going to stay with me. And that was what I was used to. So um, I get a little older and I become the woman that nobody wants around their boyfriend or their husband because I am like so sexual that's how I communicate, you know? And I, um, it was like crazy, like, and I didn't see it. And I was like, what are you talking about? But I was very like that. And like looking back on it, I had to make an amends to people over like over the years of like, hey, look, I'm sorry that I asked your husband to play golf with me. Like, that's really inappropriate. We shouldn't have done that. Like, that's just, so anyway. Um, so getting towards the end of, when I was like leading up to the program, the the guy was so I was in Mobile. The guy I met when I lived there was living in Washington D.C. because and I met him through a friend. I was up there visiting for Thanksgiving, so I moved to Washington D.C. and moved in with him like immediately. And um, we got engaged a couple of years later. For some reason, I did not want to sleep with him anymore. Like it was like I wanted to marry him, but I didn't want to have sex with him. I don't know what that was about. Well, I kind of do, but it, it, at the time I didn't know what that was about. So, um, I cheated on him with somebody else and I thought, oh, well, he's the reason why I don't want to sleep with him because other people are much better. And, um, it was hard to forgive myself for cheating on him because we were engaged and I waited for two years for him to ask me to marry him. Although I pushed him into it. Um, so we broke up. He found out I was cheating on him. He found out that I went into a different state and had like an affair with other people. I went back to my childhood and had like this weekend thing. And I wrote to somebody else who was another like sex addict and told him all about it. He found all the emails and he told me and he just dealt me. And so for the next year, I went into um, the mode of I have to get him back. And I did a lot of things that were really horrible to try to get him back and he enjoyed it and he used me and he I felt even worse after that so after that happened I met I went on my ex-husband at the gym and he was probably my one of my biggest qualifiers um he I've made peace with him um but he is that person that um, he's got a really bad temper and he's very controlling. So we um, met on January 26th, got engaged six weeks later, and then I was pregnant by a few, like I found out I think April 5th I was pregnant, I thought I was pregnant. We got married April 30th, 
and then I left him in October. So in one year, I met somebody, married him, left him, and had a baby. Big time love addiction, right? So the pain I was feeling from losing the relationship I had before, I found a guy who was gonna just be horrible to me because I felt like um, that being, that's what I, I felt loved by being treated badly. Like I needed some kind of attention, any kind of attention. And so um, I loved him because he got violent and um he never hit me but he busted some doors he's a big dude six foot five football player kind of type um so i i left him and i moved from washington dc from northern virginia i got out of my car with my dog and my cat and my mom and i drove from virginia to houston to katie and i didn't have a place to live and i was seven months pregnant um it was very sad. It was very difficult. And I don't know how I got to that time of my life. Um, but I did. And, you know, it's like I look back on these moments where I powered through and I did it. And um, I know that I can, I'm capable of anything now. So I had my daughter. He came to town. And we were going to get back together. And um, we didn't. And um, then he called an attorney. And he moved to Houston behind my back. And tried to sue me for custody. We went to um, the courts for 10 years fighting over her. And he got remarried, you know, um, and had twins about six years ago. And my daughter's 16, so he quit fighting me when he had children that he had to deal with. So, um, and we get along now, is which is a miracle of the program. I never thought that I would ever get along with him. I have compassion for who he is. I see what my part is, was in how crazy this whole thing was. Um, so I am just grateful that we can get along now and raise this child, this amazing kid that I love so much, who um, is another story. She's, she's a lot of fun to be around. She's got severe ADHD and that relationship is challenging as well because I can get really love ADHD with her and try to control her life. So um, after she was born, um, I'm going to kind of go to the, this was, that was how like I, my low of my lows. So she was born and I was in so much pain when I had to let her go to her dad's. I was acting out in a major way, like married God, when she was with her dad, I would feel like I could do anything. I'm not, I don't like drink or do drugs. I was drinking. I was doing drugs. I was, you know, fooling around with married men. I was doing the craziest stuff. Like I was. I hated who I was, hated it. And, um, but anything that would make that pain go away, I would just do it. And I didn't realize that there was this. So I met this girl at work and she had um, these pills. I don't remember what they're called, like Clonopin. And she gave me one and I was like, oh my God, I feel like I can live again. And I don't feel like I'm having anxiety. So she's like, I'm not giving you anymore. You gotta go see the psychiatrist to give them yourself. So I go see the psychiatrist and she's like, oh, I'm not giving you anything until you go see the psychologist. So she sent me to a sex and love addict specialist. And I <laughs> lied to her for two years about my life. Lied to her. Yeah. Complete rebellion and denial about everything. I was like, I, I um, at this point while I was with her, I, 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 she's still my therapist, by the way, 14, 15 years later. Um, 
was engaged to a, a third guy that I had met and went home with like the sec the first night we met and then we were engaged three months later. He was Italian. I think he was he was definitely a cocaine addict. Anyway, um I didn't really I hadn't been around that that much, so I didn't realize how bad it was until like I walked in on him on a Monday morning and they were snorting cocaine from like Friday night. I was like, holy crap. I had moved in with him three nights before. So I broke it off. I moved out and I attended my first meeting not too long after that. And I went on a date after the first meeting because I was like, <laughs> I planned a date after my first meeting. It was the craziest thing. I'm still in rebellion. And then, so probably the first two years that I um, was in the program, I did not get a sponsor. But I was, and, and I am a slow learner. Like I just had to like go at my own pace. And now that I look back on it, this is just how my program had to go. Like this is just what I needed to do for me. And I appreciate my journey of the 12 years as of tomorrow because of where I am today. So um, I um, started that journey in the with the meetings. And at that point, there was no Zoom meetings. I had a child. I had to go when I could get childcare, and I made an effort, and I would get to some meetings. And um, I listened to a Dr. Phil podcast today, and, and it's just like these little changes that I made made a big difference. The little changes. And, like, you don't even know that you're really making these little changes, but you've shown up for a meeting and are calling somebody or performing a relationship in the program is is – a big change in the in a small way it's it's just a phone call but it makes a big difference so um so I've accidentally found my therapist and so she told me that I needed to start going to meetings because I wanted to date my neighbor who was like I don't know I think I was in my late 30s or early 40s and he was like 22 and she's like I think you need a meeting honey and I was like ah okay so I promptly yeah so anyway um, so I went through the rebellion, I got a sponsor and then probably started dating someone in denial, which was a guy that I was, a, he was my client and, um, he was 15 years older than me, um, completely unavailable, but I managed to stay in that relationship for two years, which was a miracle. My therapist had to challenge me to get through that uncomfortable period when I thought that I wanted to be with somebody else because he wasn't the right guy. And she's like, why don't you find the clarity around this relationship and wanting to end it before you find somebody else? And I was like, wait a second, I want plan B, C, and D. Come on, I need these guys over here. And so I was able to not have plan C, D, and E and stay with him and be uncomfortable and find the clarity around breaking up with him. My dad was in this accident when my daughter was in first grade so this is around 2011 and um it was I, he was not available and I realized how much he was not available at this point and I broke up with him and so I started dating someone else after that that I met at Starbucks and he pursued me for like I don't know three or four months before we even had the date and so I was able to actually get to know somebody else after that. And, and, but he still wasn't the right one for me because 
I didn't really pick him. He still picked me. And um, he told me that he was a narcissist on one of our first dates. Like, you know, why? Why don't I listen? Okay. But he had a Maserati and he worked out all the time. And I was like, yay. So um, I still wasn't in the zone of, you know, dating who my mom thought I should date, who would be somebody who's like, um, you don't need to work, honey. He should pay for everything. You know, basically you can find your identity through the man you're with is what she always told me. And um, I am glad that I have had to work as a single mom. And I've had to have my identity and I've had to make my own way, you know, cause that built my self-esteem. It built that the feeling of being deserving of the results that I have in my life today. Like I don't feel deserving because I'm taking care of a guy who has a lot of money. I feel deserving because I take care of myself and my daughter and I feel deserving because I know I earned that, which is huge for me. So, um, and I really still wake up every once in a while when I quit and like have somebody support me. I mean, that's still, I don't think that'll ever go away. But anyway, that's, that's deep grained from South Louisiana. I am trying. Um, it doesn't happen as often anymore. So anyway, um, that was about a five year journey after I got into the program. And, um, my dad was declining a lot. He was in this bad accident, had a traumatic brain injury, and um, I had to take care of him. I was his primary care person, and um, that was a struggle because my dad and I didn't have a relationship. When we finally put a relationship together, he moved really close to me and helped me with my daughter all the time. And then I had to take care of him. And I hadn't had a relationship with him for my whole life. And we have one for five or six years and then he gets hit by a car. And um, I was blessed with so many things to repair that relationship, but it was still, um, it was difficult. Um, another challenge that I was given by the universe to know that I am capable of taking care of myself. And this isn't the point in my life where I felt like my life was not my own. I'm like, I don't even have time to do anything. And I quit going to the meetings. And I started dating someone who was 14 years younger than me. I was 44 and he was 30. Inappropriate. Um, not because, I mean, he was younger, but he was in a different phase of life. He was definitely an alcoholic. He was a lot of fun. He wanted to have kids. He didn't want to live in Houston, and I knew all these things. And I said, I'm never leaving, I'm not leaving Houston. Not never, but I'm not leaving Houston. My daughter's got to finish school, and I'm not having any more children. I'm, I was 44. I just, I didn't, I gave, I, I didn't think I was going to have more children at 37. Like, I was done. I, I had my daughter. I was almost 34 years old. Like, I was done when I started. So I started falling in love with the idea of having another child with him, which was crazy Oh my gosh, why? So when he had to move to Denver, he was from Scotland. All right, he had that accident and everything. Oh my God, so cute. Whew. I had the pain, so much pain when we broke up. I don't ever remember feeling that much pain ever, ever, ever. 
because I probably didn't have the feelings to have pain like that. I would go down in Target and see baby stuff and get depressed because I knew that I felt deficient that I couldn't have a baby to make him happy. So at this point, I, I've had two sponsors and gone through the 12 steps tw twice already, right? But I quit going to the meetings. And at this point, it, and in the five years that I told you about that I was in the program, I actually, you know, um, put together an SLA workshop and I, I did all kinds of service work. I was just really involved. And then I just dropped off the face of the earth and started dating this Scottish guy. We went to Scotland, went to Spain, we did all kinds of fun stuff. And I was totally spiraling. And um, when he was gone, um, I called up Elizabeth and I said, I don't want to ever feel this pain again, ever. I surrender to the program for the first time ever. And, um, and I, I can tell you, I have not felt that pain again. I surrendered to the program. I went to the meetings. I did the steps. I um, found out who I was, what I was made of. And um, I took a really deep look at it all. And I had a great crowd of people that could support that. I used to go to therapy and say, when am I going to have to stop going to therapy? I used to go to meetings and say, when am I going to have to stop going to meetings? I look forward to meetings now. Like, I never want to stop. Like, it's 12 years tomorrow. I can't wait for my next 12, right? Like, this is a part of my life. Like, I enjoy coming to meetings. I love seeing these faces. I love bringing the message. And I'm going to love telling y'all about what my life is like today. So, um, all that pain, I started 12 steps over again. And I really dug my heels in. And I dated one more guy that I met online. It He ended up not being nice. And I broke up with him as soon as I figured that out. And then I said, I'm not, I, first time in my life, I said, I'm not dating anymore. I'm, I'm just done. Like, I can be alone. It was the first time I've ever felt that in my entire life. And um, I did some law of attraction work. I read this book called The Soulmate Secret. And um, I did all the exercises in it. And I, I finally finished things, you know. And about a week after that, I met my husband. Got married a month ago. Oh, my gosh. So um, and that was of almost three years ago. So, like, so we were at a mutual friend's house. We had a conversation about... Chinese martial arts movies, which I love, science fiction. I'm a total closet nerd and all this stuff. And it was just a fun conversation. Now this guy, his hair was like, like this. And he had tattoos and um, a beard, like crazy. And um, I was like, I don't care. I don't really want to date him. I'm not dating anyone. So we can be friends. And I really felt like that. And um, so he actually called me a couple of days later and was like, hey, you know, we're going to this concert. I was like, it was a Saturday night. I was like, I'm not giving up a Saturday night for a guy. I have plans with my daughter. No. And then we, um, I said, how about lunch on Friday? And so 
Thursday comes around, I called him up and I was like, I don't want to date. Okay. I just want you to know that I'm not dating right now, but I want to go to lunch. And he's like, Oh good. Me either. I don't want to date either. I was like, great. So we go to lunch and we have a two hour conversation and I don't touch him. Like I'm a touchy, like Louisiana, like we touch and hug everybody. I'm like, I have learned boundaries. Don't touch people, you know, especially guys. Like for me, I had to do it like that. And not everybody does. That was my rule. Um, so I didn't touch him. We just sat there and we had, a, we had conversation. So fun. So we planned another lunch. So we had lunch for a few months, once a week. And I saw a light in him that I really enjoyed. Like, I just like his company without worrying about dating him. And um, then we were at our friend's house and he went to kiss me. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, I really like you. You know, I think we should date. I was like, are you kidding? Like, we're supposed to not be dating. And he, and he was like, I think you should think about that. So we, we talked about it and um, we decided to date without a big commitment and just kind of explore that. And a few months after that, he said, would you be my girlfriend and commit to me? And I was like, okay. So it took about four or five months to get into this commitment zone. And, uh, and we waited, I waited till we got to the whole commitment and everything happened. And I felt very grounded and secure with him before we slept together. And, um, and, and it, it was like the most healthy progression of a relationship I ever had. So, um, I met his family. They're super nice. Um, he had some issues that I didn't, I knew that I would not deal with if he didn't deal with them. And I didn't tell him to do anything. I didn't tell him to cut his hair. I didn't tell him anything, but he, um, got a better job. He cut his hair and, um, he just decided that he wanted to do his life differently. And, um, he's my best friend. We have fun together. We have fun on road trips. We have fun on the, sitting on the couch. We have fun not talking to each other. We have fun talking. Um, I love being with him. I love being by myself. I don't feel like I'm missing like part of my life if he's not around all the time. Um, I feel like I can be myself all the time. I don't apologize for anything anymore. I had the chronic I'm sorry's. Um, dating a narcissist did that to me. Um, I I'm enjoying my life right now. Um, and I just, I really enjoy being with him and I love it. And, and so I did, we, we decided, um, I guess, so we met, we did all that. We had his ex-wife was a little clingy. We had to deal with that. He got back and talked to his counselor. He's been sober from alcohol for 15 years. And so he's got his own journey and, um, He's very active in church. He's esteemed as a minister. He gets up at like three or four or five every day to, to pray and meditate, um, which is really amazing. Um, so that's, that's my life today. Um, we're in a tough time. His dad is, has Parkinson's and is getting to have to go to memory care. His best friend, the guy he called to tell he met someone is 
in the hospital on an innovator from COVID right now. And we don't know if he's going to make it. And um, through this storm of life, we still have each other, which is really nice. And um, it it's nice to just feel like I, it, it feels good. I don't feel like I'm getting um, smothered or anything. Like I have a really bad claustrophobia in relationships. And so I like being able to have, yeah, I do. <laughs> I like to be able to have space. And so if there's ever time like where I'm, I get grumpy and I, I push him away and you know what he does? He leaves me alone. So nice. And then I can go and talk to him about it. Like, even if it takes four or five days and he's like, I don't know. It's just really interesting being with someone who doesn't need to have me around all the time to feel okay. So, um, it's like having a friend that you get to date and marry. So that, that's, that's what I would say. So, um, I know that, um, my life would not be here. I would not be healthy enough emotionally to be able to live in this kind of intimacy with somebody and also separate from him without um, having had the program for however long. Everybody's different, you know, and um, this is what my journey was to get to this point. And I feel like I have my, my happy I don't want to even call it ending. I have my happy beginning again. You know, um, I never thought that I would have a wedding. I had an amazing wedding that uh, was beautiful. Um, At 50, I gave that to myself, um, which was amazing. So, From the beginning, I'd like to just say that, like, so my life today is phenomenal. Um, I was in oil and gas for 15 years around people who were not good to me. Now I'm a real estate agent. I get to choose who I use as a client, have as a client. I get to, you know, plan my own day. I get to be my own boss, which is a whole set of problems. I get to have relationships with friends that um, are deep and meaningful and be and honest. Um, I get to be my authentic self. And and if somebody doesn't like it, it's okay. If somebody loves it, it's okay too. Not everybody has to love me all the time. That was a big part of my love addiction was like acceptance. Um, I felt like, and I still feel like one of my big triggers is knowing when I go into approval mode. If I want somebody to approve of me, I know there's something going on between me and that person. Either I'm mirroring something that they're doing that I don't like, or there's something going on that they remind me of my mother. So, and and through all this, my mother and I have had a lot of challenges and she and I get along now. Like, and I never thought that would ever happen. So um, through the program, I've got to repair relationships with my ex-husband, my mother, my family, my cousin and I get along now. I used to go drinking her husband, you know, and and like, I, that's so inappropriate. Like I got into the program and I got to apologize to her about that. I got to make an amends and, and we are very close now. And um, 
man, that's so special to like be able to see things on your journey and realize that it's okay to not be perfect, to be able to make amends to the things that have happened and to feel like I am here because of that journey. And I like who I am today and I don't want to live with myself without that journey I went through. So, um, and I'm going to go back and acknowledge everybody in this program that has helped me along the way. And there's a lot of women here that have, and, and, um, couldn't have done it without y'all. And even, um, some of the guys I've made friends with, I didn't go to, um, co-ed meetings for years. And then I went to one and, um, talked to somebody about his daughter and we, I made my first guy friend, no sexual tension. Oh my gosh. Whoever, like I'd never done that before. And um, I didn't, I didn't fantasize about who he could have been for me. Yay, you know. So um, that was also good. So, um, thanks for giving me a place to share uh, my journey. I hope that um, everybody's journey is is amazing, and and the whole part of it is just. I don't know. I think that I'm just. I feel grateful for every part of it. And um, I think that I'm gonna start writing thank you notes to everybody from in the program. <laughs> it's just, it's just so, um, I just never thought I'd be here. And I was telling my husband, I'm like, I'm gonna go do a meeting, I'm telling my story. And I was like, you know, without this, I wouldn't be with you. And he's like, go tell your story, you know? So um, it's, it's awesome. Anyway, so um, I think that's all I've got. And um, thanks for listening. I'm Julie, grateful, recovered sex and love addict. Yay. That's it for this month's speaker meeting. Stay tuned to Sober Sisters Talk for next month's speaker. Thank you.